Information is the most powerful thing you will ever get. Uh, I, I think that we all have greatness in us. And I think that most people don't know how to be an advocate for their life. You're listening to the Almond Gunner Experience Podcast, powered by Astoria. Now here's your host, Greg Dorsey. Coach, here we go. Yeah, here we go. Another podcast, uh, another great week, and um, it's always great when we we do our podcast. It's beautiful out here today. You picked a good spot, I'm not going to lie. Well, this is a good spot, man. I mean, you know, you got the sunshine, had a little light rain today, so everything's smelling fresh and so clean, clean. yeah, it's a good spot. It's one of the spots where I, I train at um, on a couple of mornings and, you know, got a nice little lake that kind of runs back there. And I like it out here. It's peaceful. Bay Meadows Fort Family, is that where Fort's we are? Fort Family Regional Park, man. Um, nice little spot, you know, kind of tucked in. Um, like I said, you know, during a day like today, we don't get much action back here, so felt like it'd be a good place to lay it down. Yeah, not too long ago, there was nothing here. No, 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 man. And now you see they got apartments to our left. We got apartments going up across the road. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. I keep going, where do they keep finding all this land to yeah. build stuff, you know? Yeah. Um, but they're filling it in pretty nicely. But I think this, this spot will be safe, you know? There's um, a Google Maps or Google Earth mm-hmm. um, function where you can go back in time and look at a certain part of the earth yeah yeah 10 I think it goes back maybe 15 20 years right and um, it's almost just like the land just gets ripped up oh yeah and and you see all the trees disappear and you see all this new development and um, it is interesting to think you know that that there is this prime property that uh, was relatively uninhabited and now you've got thousands of people living on it. You got a big church. Yeah. You've got all these businesses and developments and well, and you for know, convenience sake, this this kind of beautiful unadulterated right. <laughs> land is now well, uh, and, it, and it's kind of crazy it's too dirty. because yeah, it's, it, what's crazy is though you see like these big complexes going up, and and I always go, you know, who's going to move in there? And I mean, literally before they're finished. You know, you, you go back once they're finished. I mean, a month later, they're packed. So, uh, obviously, we have people moving into our area and, and, and all over this city. So, uh, But I'm just glad that this park's here and I can still come and do my thing, brother. So, you guys train here? You have uh, a lot of athletes? Yeah, well, I have a couple of athletes that I do Mondays and Wednesday mornings. This is a, a good location. And like I said, when we come out here, there's no one here. So, you can just really put in your work and... and, and uh, you know, stay dialed in. There's no distractions, which, you know. You know, my athletes used to say, Coach, why can't we listen to music? I said, because then you won't listen to me. So I like to go places where they can really hear what I'm saying and, and we can really work on what it is we're, we're here to work on. So this is, this is a, a sweet spot to do it in. You know, it's actually, it makes me think about just how much you respect and appreciate the space that you work in. Well, I think that's important, right? I think that if you are, you know, going to put in work I mean whether you're talking about an office space or you're talking about being being outdoors and doing what we do now you know I think that you have to be in a winning environment that's what I like to think of it as so whatever environment I'm in you know I try to create this winning environment so you can get a hundred percent of maximum effort out of what it is we're trying to do Uh, so if the environment's not right um, you know it hinders 
you know, us being our very best and, and that's the last thing I want. So for me, it's constantly about how do I make sure that whatever space we're training in, and you know me, I don't need much space to do my work, uh, but I want to make sure that it's, it's a quality space. Um, so we take away all those excuses. Um, I mean, even on, if you look at our athletic journal, we actually have an entry in there that says, you know, what was the training conditions? Because, you know, for me, it's about, I want to know what space that you're walking into. Uh, and, and so how do we make that better, if it needs to be better? Um, because it's about building consistency. And you have a sense of, okay, when an athlete comes to train with you, what their, what their baseline is, what, where they're coming from. Yeah, I can pretty much, you know, based on their age, you know, when, whenever you call me about working with an athlete, or I can pretty much know where they are, you know, when I, when I first get them. Um, but the first session or two, I'm evaluating. I'm constantly looking at how they move, um, what their feet look like, uh, do they have rhythm. So there's certain things that I'm actually looking for the first couple of sessions. And then from there, you know, we just kind of build it. So it's, it's interesting because when you show up in my environment to do what we do, um, the athletes always say, Coach, how do you come up with this workout? And, and literally, I kind of look at the athlete as they come in before I really decide what we're going to do. You know, I, I'll maybe hold some conversation with them and, and, and see where they are. And then we, we set up according to that. I mean, you know, I always say there's a method to my madness, um, but I do believe that you have to be willing to make sure that you're working towards what's the goal, right? I mean, I can bury anyone in five minutes in a workout if I want to. I mean, it's, it's simple. If the goal is I just want to make someone tired and make them throw up, I can do that within five minutes. And I don't care if you're Derrick Henry or you are a seventh grader or a fifth grader. If I really wanted to destroy you in five minutes, that's pretty easy to do. I mean, uh, but that's not the goal. The goal is to put people in an environment so they can see their progress and work them towards stuff. You know, push them hard, but hard enough for them to want to come back and want more. Hard enough to come back and want more. Uh, that's the goal. So to me, it's, you know, it's important. You know, I want to be ringing in your ear all the time. You know, I got a, I got a text the other day, I, Derek broke a 94 yard, uh, touchdown run and, and, and then someone, you know, texted me and said, well, coach, he's running, he's running right. Well, yeah, he better be running right. I mean, I've only, you know, since eighth grade, ninth grade, we, you know, we went over this stuff for years and years and years. So yeah, he's running right. You probably hear me right in my, his ear right now. Um, but I, but that's what I really try to do with student athletes is I try to constantly be that common voice in their head. You know, same thing in business, you know, you know, like working with a story, oh, you know me. Even when I'm not at the office, I, you know, it's like I'm in the office because there's certain things you guys do and say and whatever you go, ah, that's coach. Um, but, you know, that's, that's my goal. So know? from the moment somebody steps out of their car or you even get on the phone with them, yes. right? Uh, you are paying attention to their posture, you're paying attention Everything. to their movements and the energy that they bring. And, and today's word is respect. Yes. And I think that's almost a way of, of giving respect to somebody when you pay attention to those idiosyncrasies. I and, think it's the ultimate. they are as a human being. Well, I think it's the ultimate respect. I, I really do. I think that when you really look a person in the eye and really hear what they have to say, 
Um, and, and I think when you're watching all of the details that they bring with them, because we all bring in something, right? Uh, and then you, you consciously try to make those things better. I mean, I think that's the ultimate respect. Like, you know, I'll have a student athlete go, coach, how did you know that? Well, because I heard what you said two weeks ago. Like, like there's all of these things. I think people constantly tell you the things you need to know. And I, and I think people constantly give you indications of what help, help they need. It's just that I think most people just miss it. You know, we're so caught up into what we're doing. And my thing is, look, I respect me, which makes me easier to respect other people. You know, that's where I start. Like, so I respect me enough to know that, look, my time is important. Um, what I have chosen to do as a career, as a profession, is important. So when I bring people into my space, I respect them. Because remember, time is the only true measurement of anything. So if I give away my time and I'm just throwing it away, then that's on me. That's not on that person. And I respect me too much to do that. So whether I'm speaking you know, for a keynote or whether I'm running on a field, you know, I'm gonna respect those things. I mean, a lot of times, even like when I'm, I go in to do a keynote, I will literally you know, show up early and you've seen me do this, I'll walk around the audience. People don't really know who I am and I'm just talking and getting information because I'm, I'm getting the feel for who they are, uh, what their mindset is. Um, that's why I don't really you know, write speeches. Like that's, I can't do a canned speech for you know, particular corporations. It has to be customized. I gotta give you what you really want because if I'm not delivering information that allows you to use it immediately, to be better, man, I'm wasting your time. I am wasting your time. And that's that's disrespectful to waste anyone's time. Um, you know. So we, we've been rolling for just a few minutes here, mm -hmm. but let's stop and summarize <laughs> because we could probably stop the podcast at this point <laughs> and, and say we've, we've feasted on really solid stuff. Respect the space, respect the place that you exist in, yes. ground that has been laid before you. Respect other people by paying attention to who they are and, and what they bring and how they approach you. And, and, and when they're in your space, respect yourself by valuing your time and their time and that, and that energy. And it sounds like there's intentionality that goes into that. Even before you get into that space, there's thought and yes. energy and time and, and after that. So it's not just the moment you're with that person. No. It's before, during, and after. You know, time is everything. And, and I only have so much of it. And, and, you know, now at my age, I like to say, look, man, I'm, I'm on the back nine. I have made the turn, right? Um, so I have to respect not only my abilities, but what I bring to the game and what I'm willing to give. Uh, and to how do I help people to be able to quantify that and qualify that in their own lives? Well, it starts with me. I have to lead with my life. It's just like my book says, right? So I don't get caught up in the distractions of, hey, this guy doesn't respect my ability to train or this guy don't respect my ability to speak or to do the things or to write, right? Because if I do that, then I'm already saying that I don't do those things. My job 
is to stay completely focused on my tasks, on my craft, on what I do well. And so at the end of the day, what you end up with is a whole bunch of people who may not like you. Oh, but they will respect you. And that's really key. And, and, and so, I, to be honest, my mother raised us with two words, respect and responsibility. She felt like if you knew those two words, like if you really knew those two words, that you were going to be okay in the game of life. Now, you know me, man. I take certain things to heart. So I took the respect thing to heart so much so that I have a comforter. You've seen it. It's got a big lion on it. And it has my quote embroidered on the comforter that says respect is neither imposed or begged. It is earned and given. That's what I sleep under, bro. Because I know how important that word is and it's important to me. And if I can respect me, I know that then my cup's going to run it over. Now I can give it away. I can give some respect away. But if you don't have it for yourself, come on, how are you going to give it up? Yeah, what happens when you walk into a, a situation or relationship or interaction where you do not, you have, you've been beating yourself up? Yes. You yes. If, you, if you've been beating you up and now you walk into a situation, you're done. Because guess what? If you beating you up, you're going you're gonna to justify them beating you up. I'm not that guy. I love me. And I love that I'm a work in progress. And I know what I'm playing for. And so I keep that to the forefront of what I'm doing. So when I look back over all the student athletes over the last 22 years, hey, I guarantee you, if you get them all into a room, this is probably what they're going to say about Coach. Matter of fact, I noticed what they're going to say about Coach. First of all, he's consistent. And Coach does what he tells you he's going to do. And we respect Coach because anything he's ever told us to do, we've seen him do it. See, that's what it's all about. It's leading with your life. And that takes courage, bro, to put yourself in that position every day. But it's the best position to be in takes courage to respect yourself. A lot of courage. Because think about in the course of the day how many people who other people are constantly telling them that they're not worth anything. That they'll never be anything. That they'll never be successful. Man, think about how much courage it would take for a person coming out of that environment to say, no, I am somebody. And then to work towards that. That's where we gotta get to, man think that we all have these gifts inside of us that, that God has bestowed upon us. What it boils down to is, do you really believe it? Do you really believe that that's your gift? Do you really believe that you can be the best at doing that and then doing so? You know, we had a conversation uh, earlier in the week where I told you, in the course of your day, I don't care what day it is, there's going to be a point where you have to make a decision. And that decision is going to do one of two things. It's going to either make your day better or make your day worse. And what happens is, is that one decision that you make now domino affects a lot of other decisions. And it might be six decisions down the road in that day that you finally crack and break and go, oh, my God, it's a bad day. But it didn't start with that sixth or seventh one. It started with that first one. It, it started the moment that you lost respect for yourself and knowing that whatever was coming your way, whatever that adversity was, you're better than that. On the positive side of that, you probably have made 
great decisions. Exactly. Value and respect those great decisions. Pay attention to that and build on that. Remember a couple of weeks ago we talked about celebrating? When you're making great decisions, you got to celebrate that, man. You got to keep reminding yourself, yeah, that I am moving forward. Yeah, I am getting there. Yeah, I am making progress. We don't celebrate it enough. Half of the time, I don't think we even recognize when we're making those great decisions, unless someone pointed out. But at the end of the day, it's our responsibility to do that. I mean, yeah, I, I'm just a guy that simply believes that, man, you gotta respect yourself. You gotta be okay with it. Well, we talked about it in the Old Testament. They would literally stop and whenever God did something great in their lives, they would build an altar. They would build a monument to uh, respect and honor that in such a way that, it, and I think it took them most likely a, a decent amount of time to erect this monument, yeah. Yeah. this altar. Well, you know what I call that? I call that being grateful. You know, I told you my go-to words are being grateful and obedient, right? And so... And you know, you know this because we've been together a long time now, brother. I'm, I'm an Old Testament man. Because what they showed was discipline. They showed real discipline, man. Real patience, real perseverance. Well, and, and obedience, like you said, because he would tell them, uh -uh, you're going to stop. Yes. <laughs> and you're going to build me an altar and you're going to sacrifice. So that, you know, that, that's why, you know, if you, look, man, I'm an Old Testament man. Because at the end of the day, it was. It was about being grateful and obedient and understanding that all these things that are bestowed upon you didn't have to be that way. If someone loves you enough to give them up, that's what God does every day. Why aren't you a New Testament man? You know, it's not that I'm not a New Testament man. It's just that when you get to the New Testament and, and well, you know, he's paid for our sins, I think that it gives people an out. Like, that's why I think people aren't grateful. They get lazy. That's I, Real lazy. That's what I really feel. I, I feel like, man, they don't know how to celebrate things that are good. They're, they're always upset when they don't have their way. They can't really see their gifts because they want it to happen overnight. Like, thank God that the flood didn't come in the New Testament because there wouldn't have been an ark because it took so long to build. So you see more gratefulness yeah. in the Old Testament. Way more gratefulness. Can you imagine... If you know it, and, and someone tells you that it's gonna rain, it's gonna be a great flood, and people been making fun of you around town because you get a little drunk on the wine every now and then, and they see you out there for years, and you building this, and they making fun, and you keep going, I'm gonna keep building. Do you see that happening today? If that was happening today, people would put them in an institution. They lock them up. So that's what I'm saying. What all I'm saying is, is that in the Old Testament, there was this real thirst and this real love. It was this real belief, man. The faith ran deep, right? I mean, all the way down to the bedrock. And I like that. I like that. I get the New Testament. I'm all about it. I'm glad that he died for our sins. I, I really am. But I see people just, like, think about some of the things that we get so distracted with right now just on simple humanity, about treating people right. Man, how are you gonna say you believe in the cross but you can't even treat another human being right?
That's fuzzy math, man. As my mother would say, God is not pleased with that. The fact that we're doing a podcast today mm -hmm. is a testament to that. Um, you lost your very best friend. Oh, no um, doubt. We, the world lost a oh. giant oh. in the faith. No doubt. And, um, and it still hasn't really sunk in for me. Like, it's, it doesn't seem real, and I know I can't even fathom the uh, intensity of thought and just, you know, thinking thinking about the investment and the gratefulness oh. and the respect Man. And, and the ground no doubt that, about that's it. been laid. No by, doubt about it. Like, by, uh, like it's, it's one of those phone calls that you get and you, you're not sure you heard what was just said, right? Um, you know, people have heard us talk about Dennis Weber on the show. Um, he was not only my pastor, my best friend, my mentor, uh, but he was my brother. Um, he, he led with his life. Dennis embodied all the things that that we all wish that we had inside of us. Uh, for me, he, he transcended religion a long time ago. I mean, Dennis was a kingdom thinker and he was a spiritual guy. Um, so um, for me, at the end of the day, he, he was more than, you know, my pastor and my friend. I mean, you know, he was my brother and, uh, and definitely a giant in, in everything that he did. Um, and, and so that not only that community, but I think the world um, you know, is going to miss him, but his legacy runs deep. I mean, he, he mentored a lot of people. He encouraged a lot of people. And, uh, you know, quite frankly, he sowed a lot of seeds. So, I mean, 2000 years from now, you know, we'll still be talking about him for sure. Yeah. His impact is, is already resonating and will resonate for generations to come. Uh, no doubt. I mean, I, you know, I, I sincerely believe that. And like I said, um, he, he's what we all are striving to be, you know, that type of person. Um, you know, he, he just got it right. He did it right. Coach, every week we honor a super freak athlete of the week. This week is respect. Talked about respect in a few different capacities. We've talked about respecting your time. We've talked about respecting space. We've talked about respecting other people when they approach you, how you view them, how you respect them as individuals and as human beings. And, and then ultimately respecting yourself and valuing and treasuring the experiences you've had and, and building monuments to celebrate that. Coach, who is our Super Freak of the Week this week? You know, uh, you know I, I love this segment, uh, this part of our show. And for me, in light of, you know, all the things uh, that this week has brought, especially with, with Dennis going home, um, the Super Freak of the Week is actually my fourth grade teacher, Delia Pennywith. And the reason being is, you know, I remember in fourth grade and uh, exactly right before Christmas break that she um, she kind of pulled me aside and, and she instilled in me some things that that uh, I think really, you know, transformed my life. She told me to just keep working hard and uh, being a good student and, 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 and learning and growing. And I took that to heart. I mean, you know, it's one thing to get it from your from your your parents and, and, and you know, and your your aunts and uncles, but to have a teacher who can really see those things and kind of validate all the things that you've been hearing at home. Um, and, and I 
And I just, I just kind of ran with that. And, and lo and behold, you know, in, in 1991, when I was heading to Europe for the first time to run, I get a call from, from Miss Pennywit. And uh, it was the year that she was going to retire. And, and uh, she wanted me to come in and speak to her fourth grade class. And of course, you know, I said yes. And, and I, I, entered, I entered that Mamie Agnes Jones Elementary School. And I tell you, man, it felt small. I felt like my head was going to hit the ceiling. Um, and I remember walking in her class and not really knowing what I was going to say to the students and just kind of pulling down the world map, showing them where I was uh, in Baldwin and showing them where I was going to land, which was Helsinki, Finland, and just kind of got into that whole thing. And, uh, and, and really, when I think back, it's the first time I really spoke, you know, for an audience. Uh, so you can say that she, she actually jump-started uh, my speaking career and, and uh, and of course, you know, she retired and, and then you fast forward years later, I'm, I'm on the, the show, the local show, The Chat, and I'm actually talking about her and, um, and pretty much the same story, you know, how, how she instilled some very good stuff in me. And, uh, and she actually got to see it. She got to see, see that, that conversation. Uh, and then we actually got to talk. Um, she's since gone home, you know, you know, to be in heaven as well. But um, she was definitely a super freak. I mean, and the, the kids that went through her class, one thing I can say, man, they learned because she taught. I mean, she coached them up. Um, so that, that was amazing to me. And uh, so every day I pretty much think about her because I'm really doing what I love to do. I'm, I'm really, you know, uh, passionate about the work I do and, and, uh, and, I, and I'm willing to take those types of risks to, to to stay in the arena that I'm in. And, and that's all because of stuff that she instilled, you know? So, so very grateful for her. So she's the super freak of the week. She did it big, bro. That's awesome. Delilah Pennywick, Miss Delilah. And uh, I'm grateful for her myself, just to know what kind of impact she has had on you. And, uh, and coach, every week you also give us a nice challenge. What do you have uh, teed up for us this week? Well, I think the challenge this week needs to be, you know, I want everyone to, you know, pull out that pen and paper. You know, I'm big about writing things down and ask yourself, you know, what's the level of respect that you have for yourself? And, and more importantly, uh, respect for the things that you're trying to do and, 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 and for your opponents, because we, you know, we always have someone cheering for us and someone cheering against us. Um, so do you respect those aspects of it as well? Um, I just believe that, you know, until you have the level of respect that you have in yourself, and as we said earlier in the show, man, your cup has, has got to run up over. Uh, you can't really give that to someone else. Um, so for me, it always starts with me. As Michael Jackson would say, the man in the mirror, and, uh, and then it grows, grows from there. So you know, that's, that's our challenge for the week. I mean, uh, again, man, we're here for a short time. And, but, I, but I think we all have work to do. Uh, so let's start working on ourselves so we can help other people. And Coach, uh, at the beginning of the podcast, you, you quoted um, your fleece, <laughs> your, your blanket. And, uh, and I think yes. back to the, the quote there that uh, respect uh, cannot be, what was it, Coach, insisted upon? Well, you know, it can't be imposed or begged. Like you can't, you can't impose some, you know, someone to respect you or, or, or beg them to respect you. It's earned or given. Uh, and so I, I think that again, you know, are you, are you trying to impose it or, or beg people to respect you or are you leading with your life? 
I mean, I think because ultimately that's that's where you get it. Um, like I said about Dennis, what is really cool is, hey, you may not have liked him, but I guarantee you, you respected him um, because he did it right and he led with his life. Amazing, Coach. I know you've uh, you've had a little bit of additional time here based on our technical difficulties. Anything else uh, you want to leave us with? Any other thoughts, things that I know you've, you've probably been stewing even more on respect? Um, and and b before I hand it back to you, uh, just want to give you mad respect. Uh, just continue to appreciate and value your friendship. And, and I'm grateful for you. And, and, uh, and just want to give you a shout out with, with tremendous respect for the impact you've had on me and, and so many other people. And, and to our listeners out there, um, what would you like to leave them with, Coach? You know, I, I think that the main thing is have, have the courage um, to be who you were supposed to be. You know what I mean? It takes a lot of courage, I think, to, to you know, follow your passion and go after it and, and really put your butt on the line every day. I mean, that's not an easy thing to do. Um, it's hard to say no. But sometimes a no is, is warranted. You know, you have to say that. Um, and don't be afraid or feel guilty about making yourself the best version of yourself. I mean, it's important. Uh, don't let people, you know, guilt you into things and, and don't have fear. Um, I think that's the one thing that I learned from Dennis is, is that, you know, this, this thing requires a lot of courage and, and you can't be afraid. And when you're a kingdom thinker, there's no reason to be afraid. Uh, so that's, that's one of those things that I learned from him. So that's really what I want the listeners to understand. Um, and th there is no fear. You, you have to be a limitless thinker. And then be willing to do. Go out and do. Today's the day, Coach. Let's, uh, yes, it is. Let's make well, it happen. You know, all we have is right now. Uh, so, you know, let's make the most of this moment and, 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 uh, and leave a lasting legacy. You know, one that that when people think of you and, and the things that you, you brought about, that it puts a smile on their face and they're willing to, to pass that along and share it in 2000 years from now, you're still relevant to, the, to, this, to this cause. Um, I, I think legacy is everything. Uh, so, so like I said, definitely for, for DW, yeah, man, his legacy, it, his foundations, it's strong. Uh, 2000 years from now, man, we'll, we'll still be, we'll be talking about him. Well, we honor him. We love him. And, and um, we'll be back next week. Yeah, you know, we'll be back next week. We're getting ready to drop some hoodies. So we want everybody to go to the website, OnGunnerExperience.com. Uh, we got another little special surprise that's going to come up. It's only going to last about eight weeks that you can order it. Um, so we're doing some things. We're going to keep moving forward and, and keep trying to grow as an organization and grow as people. We're glad that you guys, you know, tune in to us and, take us along for the ride, so to speak. Um, so all I'd like to say is, uh, you know, we're going to be back next week. We're going to drop some more hot topics. And it's always good to have my little brother on the end, other end of this thing. So until next week, as we like to say, every day is game day. <laughs>